I'm watching Mike right now. But something that really conflicted with me is the way that they dealt with the rape of Desiree Washington. Mm -hmm. There's a moment where, like, after he rapes this woman, he looks at the camera and he says, what, you don't love me no more? And it was, like, it, it, it felt, dang, it felt, it felt, like, you know what it was saying? You know what it felt like it was saying? Because I feel like so much of Mike's brand has been, especially in the last 10 years, has been, hurt people hurt people and i feel like he's almost leaned on that or the culture has allowed him to lean on that too heavily to where it's like mm -hmm. if you yeah. if you've got pain if you've got sorrow if you've got you know danger but you do just the littlest tiny bit of work a little bit of mushrooms a little bit of spirituality a little bit of religion a little bit of meditation then mm -hmm. all of a sudden like you're a, you're an incredible man who's like pulled it through the mud you get this outpouring of like oh he's just deeply misunderstood da, 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 da. it almost seemed like it was a commentary on that of like Oh, but I thought you signed up for all my darkness. I thought that that was the point of this whole show was that I'm dark and I'm fucked up and I do all this fucked up shit, but I'm, I'm a hurt little boy. I'm that same hurt little boy that you saw get, you know, bullied in, in primary school at, in the first episode. Don't you love me anymore? And that, and, and I was like, it, it was, it was. See, that's a red flag. <laughs> It's a red flag. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Waving the Red Flag, the number one uh, dating and sports podcast in the universe. It's your boy, Eddie. It's Alvin. Uh, Josh is currently cooking a very delicious chicken Alfredo for a local uh, woman's reading group, but uh, he will be back next week. Let's get into it. You want to pick a topic, Alvin? Um, I do not. Come on, bro. What's, what's, what's speaking to you? Obviously, that was a rhetorical question. What I was saying was, pick a topic, please. The first one. This nigga. The first one is about lonely men and, and, and people making friends. Um, let me see what this TikTok actually, what was in it. I'll play it while I watch it. Hold on. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. I'm a 58-year-old man with practically no close male friends. Okay, y'all get the gist. That's like it's fucking three minutes long. But basically what it's talking about is men being like lonely, not having friends, and then women taking the burden of that in relationships. I, I mean, I think this is like It's not just a like, oh, it's hard to make friends in adulthood shit. I think this is specifically a men's issue like it's com it, it's 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 compounded by people a person being a man um because i think women have friends i think women are way more likely to have friends and that's why like those all these articles coming out about like lonely men and like you know men aren't uh men aren't having sex like what is it like a third of men between 18 and 25 haven't had sex in the last year or are virgins or some shit like that the fact that that is true is more impactful because niggas also don't have as many friends because women are also are fucking less though not at the same they're not not at the same exact degree because they're kind of sharing niggas, yeah. I think, is the, probably the consensus on what the cause for that discrepancy is. But, like, women are also hanging out with people. Niggas be by themselves for just months on end and not getting pussy. And it's like, the pussy is a, that's a, that's a I simple think, I think, I think that's the bigger, I think that's the bigger thing. I think a lot of times men, men can be like, oh man, so I remember, I remember there was an article about a guy um, and he was a younger guy and I read this years ago and I remember it stuck with me and he was saying that like, man, I'm so lonely. I don't have a lot of friends. He was like, I only probably have 10 close friends and like everybody like, and this was like in the, in the early days of Twitter and everybody was like, so you're, so you're lonely, but you have 10 close friends. Hmm. And then like historically, if you trace that back, like there's actually data to suggest that the amount of people's close friends, like friends they consider close has actually grown over the years, men and women. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I actually think that when a lot of guys say that they're lonely, they actually mean I'm not fucking. And like no no amount of like no amount of closeness, no amount of like camaraderie for men is going to circumvent that the in. fact that they feel lonely because they're not fucking. I think those two get Man, conflated for men. See, I'm 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 my gut is to like strongly disagree with that, like in the opposite mm -hmm. direction. But I mean, again, that's based off that's like just a feeling as opposed to like actually being supported by data, really. I mean, but, but I mean, but be, like, yeah. I I don't want to put I don't want to put you out there or like or like any listener or anything because I'm I'm making a lot of leaps when I say that. So I'm yeah, not, no, no, you're, so you're, you're, this is a theory. Yeah. This is not a yeah. yeah. This is this is a, this is a this is strongly a an theory, alvinism. So I'm not gonna yeah. So I'm not gonna like put it out there um, as an assertion of a fact. Like I often do, because it's just one hundred percent not that. But I want I very strongly just on feel say that like if let's say theoretically you know I'm fifty I'm fifty five mm. I've gone thirty years and like I haven't had sex and I still have my same amazing group of friends male female whatever but I have a ton of, I have a ton of female friends I have a ton of male friends 
Yeah. I would still be like, man, this shit sucks. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I, I'm just thinking about, like, you know what I mean? That's like, interesting. that that wouldn't that wouldn't fill the void of me not fucking. Like, it's not. Yeah. I'm sorry. And yeah, I and I know a lot of people yeah. say it would for them, and like, I I I get you. Everybody's different, but for me, I'd be like pissed. I'd be like, shit, my life is not fulfilled. I have lots of friends, and I'd still be. And I and I See, and I also probably still have a good career. Like, I have I have family. You got other things going on. See, for yeah. me, I feel like it's. I feel like one. I can't, I can't, because I don't think most people, and you, till you really live a long stretch of life, really comprehend what, even really fifteen, like even if you have lived like thirty years, I don't really feel like people fully comprehend like what fifteen years is really like to be doing mm-hmm. one particular thing, because most people for that first thirty years, um, there's so much variation, and like the first yeah. three years you can't remember that you don't really mm-hmm. get a good sense of what it is to pass by fifteen years inside a relationship or at one job or living in one house. Um, you're you're, you're changing life situation so drastically. But my guess would be if I'm like, I, I think if I'm 15 years in, haven't fucked anybody, but I've got close relationships, I imagine I would, I wouldn't describe myself as lonely. I might describe myself as like, I want to, I want to fuck somebody. I'm trying to get my dick wet. I'm trying to have emotional intimacy, uh, um, romantic intimacy. Sure. But I don't think I would describe myself as lonely, but, but here, here's a testing question uh, to, to, to parse this out a little bit. Do you think that the same thing is true of women? Like your your assertion about you know you could have a really fulfilling platonic life, but not romance, not sexuality, and men would still claim that they were lonely is the same thing I true on, for women. I honestly don't know because I haven't really considered it yet, and I think if I consider it right now, that I'd be shortchanging somebody, whether it be whether it be men or women. Um, so yeah, I, so that's, I what we, that's what that's what we do. You already shortchanging because yeah. you just you just you just made up some shit that you felt. So it's just you know it's a little bit shorter change already. But um, I also think that what you said is is poignant because i think it's probably the accurate way to look at things i think what you said about like not not considering that lonely but just literally saying like oh i just i just really want to fucking have sex and how those two are different what i'm saying is that most men aren't able to have that emotionally intelligent conversation no no, i i understand you were getting yeah yeah they're conflating those two like, because I think I think what you're saying is absolutely right, but I think most I don't men think most men are. I think they are conflating that. it, but I think it's in the other direction. But that, but this comes back to something that I was saying before. So one, I'm curious about whether or not women are the same or you know different when it comes to this thing. But you said that people across time have more close friends than they than they used to. If that's what the data say, that's what the data say. But that to me seems very like that doesn't that doesn't jive quite right. Like when I think about the average man, I think, and, and also another thing is like maybe not just close friends, but institutions. So when I'm thinking about like the church, the school, your job, et cetera, et cetera, where these aren't, maybe you wouldn't call these people close friends, but you've got community connections. I find it really hard to, again, if the data say it, the data say it, but I find it really hard to believe that the average like 19 year old man is more socially connected than his counterpart from the eighties. So it's, it's, so that was so that that piece I can I can speak to because there is a okay. lot of stuff that kind of muddies muddies the data a little bit. So one, there's probably differences in what people consider a close friend. Exactly. Yeah. You know, 80 years ago versus what they do now. And that's not a that's not a value assessment on which one is better. But I also think but just and this is me inserting some personal stuff into it. I also think that a lot of the stuff that was happening back in the day was more superficial and more put on. And you had to have like a facade on. So you probably didn't feel as close. And I'm thinking specifically about an example where you said the church, like mm. the church was what is 100 percent like, especially back in the day, like a social pecking order. Like you were trying to say yeah. the right thing. You were trying to do the right thing. So I don't I don't necessarily think that, like, even though it was community touch point, I don't necessarily think that people always felt close and welcome in that particular environment. Because I, th- I think that we, I feel the I same about you, the workplace. I think the workplace. I think you're underestimating. I think you're underestimating the extent of value that 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 like. Oh, definitely. Like that, 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 that shallow. Yeah. And, and like, I think also like we're assuming that like, first of all, we haven't even defined or like operationalized what close friend means. And it seems like in those studies that you're talking about, they just allowed the participants to define it themselves, which makes it like not super useful information because they all mean different things by the answer. And that would change yes. across time. But I'm thinking like when I think about a lonely person, there are a lot of ways to not be lonely and to feel connected that maybe don't meet the standard for what we would consider a real like Simon Sinek style, like close, intimate, platonic friendship. I think that if you've got 
coworkers that you hang out with, if you've got drinking buddies, if you've got a church, if you've got a place when you're, you know, if you've got, honestly, if you've just got shit to do with other people, even if you really don't feel that close to them, that can help. Like being, compl having no family versus like going to a toxic family Thanksgiving between those two options. I think a lot of people choose the second one. So I think yeah. we're just really but, underestimating but, but, the value of like a shallow relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But now we're getting to the, to, to the heart of why I even brought that up because okay. I agree with you. And I think by and large, a lot of the men saying that they're lonely have those things. I, I think disagree. what they don't, yeah. I think what they don't have is, is somebody to fuck. And yes, I think I they're disagree. conflating I those two things. I know, I know no, you disagree. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think I understood that they, what you were saying is they've got, but that was, that was for the, that was for the listener. Okay. You know. Gotcha. Fair. So it seemed like the evidence you were giving from men having those things was that men define themselves as having more close relationships, close friendships than previous versions, than pre their previous yes. uh, counterparts. Yes. And I'm saying, do you have any data to suggest that the average man today has more social connections of any level than his previous counterpart did? Because my guess is no. I think, I think if we're, I think if we're going to define broadly, um, Broad, as I think yeah. you've done, as I think you've done on a social connection, I think, I think, and I don't have any evidence to say that I would say that most men have more drinking buddies than they did back in the day. Really? I think, I think that, I think that most men have more, have more so. people that they can say like, then they can say like, Hey, let's go to the Braves game. I don't think so, man. I don't think, I don't think you feel confident in that. Think that. I'm very yeah. confident in that. So why do you, why do you think that so many people, because people complain about this a lot uh, now, especially in large city centers, even if you just remove the, the lonely aspect of it, people complain frequently about the difficulty of having, of, of getting and maintaining friendships into adulthood. And it might, I mean, look, it might be, a, this is just me guessing at a potential answer that you might give, is that part mm -hmm. of it might be um, that the expectation and the desire for that thing has increased and has outpaced uh, the ability to meet it. So people now like expect that they should have friends because they've learned to prioritize that kind of self-care. Whereas like motherfuckers in the eighties, they just go, yeah, I don't have no friends. That's just what it is. So they didn't think to complain. It wasn't a, a cultural conversation point. So that's one potential answer, but you know, I also think my second potential answer, which, and I think your first one is a very good one. I also think the second one is that I think those stories get amplified via echo chamber. Right. So like, let's say I put, so, I put, mm -hmm. so I put a story you know, on TikTok, on Twitter. And I think that on those platforms, or other platforms, obviously, Reddit, you know, blah, 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 uh, take your pick. Mm -hmm. I think those platforms have a larger percentage of people that are saying that they're lonely versus another, and it just gets amplified via that echo chamber situation of, oh, that person right, like just like me, I have that shared like experience. That. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think that's a much higher concentrated percentage of those type of people, so those stories get amplified to a greater degree like I don't, I don't think that's a simple random sample at all. So you whereas, think, whereas you think, I like I think I, I think there are a lot of things that social media can be used as a simple random sample for, um, but I don't think that's one. I one think one you one. have an outsized representation. So you, of you that think particular for this, thing. the average person, kind of let's say uh, older Gen Z, millennial Gen X, up from I don't know, twenty twenty to forty five, that that group actually has a lot more friends or you know some kind social of platonic community social connections than yeah. we really then we really realize and that we're actually doing better than we think we are on average in that regard like we're like we're okay more or less and i think and i think number one that you said like comes into play as well where it's like i feel like i should have this this more. deeper kind of thing thing based on the fact that we're having a much greater emphasis on self-care and what that means and right. like so it's not the depression rates like, have increased it's that depression awareness which is a fact yeah exactly yeah. so it's like okay. i think that 100 percent comes into play too and i think that was a very good 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 point okay yeah that you made very nicely done um yeah i think okay no you you, you made that you i mean you made it on the on the like i'm gonna try to anticipate something that's out that alvin's gonna yeah. say kind of too it was a good like, effort yeah. That's a group effort. We can, we can, you know, we can, we can both take that win. So men, so you think the men saying that they're lonely do have friends? They're just not getting their dick sweat, and they're going. That means I'm lonely. Interesting, because yeah, because one hundred percent think so. Okay, I could yeah, be wrong. I, I, I've one hundred percent thought some shit and been wrong. It happens me, all the time. It happens daily. Yeah, I'm, I'm well aware. I think, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> more than yeah. you know. Um, yeah. I, well, but that's probably not true. But um, I think between the two of us, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of it is like subjective because I'm. Like in my heart, I feel like for me, 
and I don't, and I don't think it's just an emotional intelligence thing. I feel like I have much less, like I've noticed in myself having been that person. And that's what, this is what I'm operating from that. Like I, when I thought I was lonely and I didn't have friends, sex was the way of meeting that need sex or romance. Or, so w- women was like, and, and even, even in that context, it wasn't even like making women friends. It was like, I got to get somebody to date. I got to get two people today. I got to be seeing three or four people. And what I'm was kind of doing is this like very heavy handed, awkward way of meeting a normal need. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying, I'm filling up on breadsticks, which breadsticks are great, but that's not, that's not really meant to be a full meal, you know? And so mm-hmm. when I started to build out more friendships and, and, re- and really sit down and pen out what a friendship actually meant to me, what it should be, how it should fit into a life and really started padding that out and building social circles and having dinner parties and doing activities and sharing projects with, with other people. And when I'm in a situation, not being like, fuck, I don't have anybody to help me out, reaching out to a friend because I've built a friendship there and helping a friend out with like, oh, he needs to move or he needs to, I need to pick him up from the airport or some shit like that. Um, I noticed that the need and the desperation for sex and romance decreased like dramatically, like nearly to like to a functional zero to where it was like an option as opposed to a need. So like, test case of one Mm. like i'm leaning in that direction because i've been i've been everywhere on like on every combination of what we've talked about of like having friends but having romance having friends but not having romance not having either having both i've been on everywhere in that and there's a direct relationship to community connection and feeling lonesomeness in response to sexlessness i've been plenty sexless by you know choice i suppose you'd say and it's like Mm. shit ain't bothering me but then again, maybe a nigga's built different. I don't and know. I'm if the, been and the I'm, the, I'm the reverse. Place. I'm the reverse. Okay. Like I've been, I've been in a situation. So like I have, and and it's crazy. So like I have friends that like I'm still very cool with and very close with, and we have, you know, like I visit, like we have very, very in depth conversations about mm-hmm. what we want to do and what we want to do. Like, like, and I'm you saying that specifically because like we literally had that conversation that like I've known mm-hmm. since middle school. Yes. Like I've all like I've always had great community. Like I like and brief aside, um, one of the reasons why I love Atlanta and why Atlanta is is so near and dear to my heart and why like I protect that to my death is because I always had those community connections and I and I associate that with with my block in Atlanta, with mm. like my school, with like my friends in that area because I still have them. Mm. Um, so like I've I you know I've always got it you know you know where I lived I've got it in high school. Like I, I kept the, I kept all those connections. I made more okay, in college. Yes. I made more in grad school. I made them in my first job. Those people I still, you know what I mean? So like, I've always had like this strong community connection where like mm. I could call people and I could discuss some various amount of things, whether it be deep and philosophical, whether or it just whatever, sports, yeah. if I needed help, like I had places to go outside of family, like all the time. That's been like my reality forever. And like, there were stretches where like I wasn't having sex and I was very upset regardless mm. and pissed off. I'm very, that. very mad. Can somebody give me some pussy, please? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just a very upset. And it's, like, and it's like, yeah, nigga, I understand, I understand that you took time out of your busy work schedule and we were at this Falcons game, but like, fuck. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, you're great company, but damn, I wish I was fucking right now. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I, see, I also like we, just had a phenom- we just had a phenomenally deep conversation about, you know, that fucking Tolstoy but I'm trying shit, to get my, like, I'm trying to get phenomenally Arr. deep up in this pussy, goddamn. I feel, I feel that, but... I, I wonder if there's a component to like because you 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 um developed a relationship with your sexuality like much earlier than me like way way before me. Do you think that that's at all related, or do you think it's probably just genetic or just not defined in some man. way? That's, or, yeah. that's probably that's probably something. It's probably something there. We probably could put our heads together and figure that out. Yeah, see, because I'm thinking like for me, sex was like I had already really built something close to an identity way before I even had anything like a relationship with my own sexuality. You know what I'm saying? Like, I obviously, mm-hmm. you know, horniness kind of kicks in just as a function of puberty. But, like, yeah. I was out here, like, d- definitely desperately trying to figure out, like, how do I get a woman to like me, you know, in the, in the teens, obviously. But that's a, I'm hanging after, out with homies me. all the time. So that's, yeah. Whereas you, you're like, that was, that was sex was a part of your life way earlier. Yeah, that that was mm-hmm. happening simultaneously. Like, I was definitely, like, like fairly early on. It was like, it was like, it was like, oh, like women are responding to me how does that fit into my worldview and my perception yes. of self like it was like like it was different um whereas me it was, so yeah, it was, that's, it was like that's I, I had deep friendships and like people that i hung out with and that happened from you know like it pretty much as soon as you enter school you're forming these bonds and stuff um mostly with other boys and you kind of grow mm-hmm. through that and then somewhere in that you go i, I went oh 
I'm interested in women. How do I get that? And it was long before I really even felt like, oh, like, okay, cool. This is starting to click. Like people yeah. are interested in me. I can kind of choose and choose back and that kind of thing. But the friendship element of like the place that platonic relationships had in my life and community had in my life had already been well established where for you, they happen side by side. So you kind of go, no. oh, this is what a life looks like. Whereas I was like, oh shit, I, I added, like I added a thing to my life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like growing up with money versus not, you're like, oh yeah, shit, I have money now. This is great. Whereas you're like, oh bro, I, I can't, I can't put gas in my yacht. This is, this is devastating. You know, do you think that's possible that it's, that it's something like that? Or I, mean, I think it could so. be purely I think, coincidental I think though. No, I think there's something there. Like I think what you're saying makes a, makes a ton of sense. Okay. Well, yeah. But then um, it, it, it now becomes it now becomes the question of how do most men exactly what yeah, category what's, most men what's fall the into? atypical or yeah, like I, or like it's probably a spectrum. Obviously, it's probably yeah. like it's probably like somewhere along the spectrum. And like let's theoretically say, and even though, even though I don't necessarily know if this is true, but let's call ourselves the poles, the opposite poles. Like where do men? in general fall on it and how i don't think we're the opposite impact. polls because i because I, I definitely not, don't think i like, think i think like, I, I think you're maybe like I'm, halfway there and like, i'm like i think it's like i think i think the middle is between us and mm -hmm. i think I, I but i think you're closer to your opposite pole than i am mine so like what i mean gotcha. is i think that there are okay, boys gotcha. who experience their sexuality like far before like because you what 11 or 12 or something like that whereas i think there are boys yeah. who end up experiencing it like five, six, seven, which and that's a whole other conversation that I think does delve into abuse and shit like that. But I think that happens. Yeah, and I think point. you're closer to that end to whereas I think that there are men who literally don't ha have sex with anybody well into adulthood. Um, that's a little bit farther in the direction of where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So I think we're, I think the middle is in, is between us, but we're shifted m more sexual. Got you. I don't I, and do, the, the, av the average men, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I think yeah, especially because we're also looking I'm at a cohort that we don't belong to as well. Yeah, so I'm we're, all, we're looking at a. Yeah. I, I will say as a proxy, and I don't and I don't think this is a one to one correlation, but as a proxy, I I am pulling something from the database that says that the average age of losing virginity is, for men is has increased. So if yes. we're using it as a proxy, like as a proxy measure, like yes. that means is that like this stuff is at bare minimum probably shifted later in life. Yes. Um, so I think that maybe lends, but, but then, so I was going to say that lends itself more to being more eddy, like where they're like building the, you know, building a life outside of that. But it also, in my opinion, like, what if like, they're also, but and I do realize this is antithetical to what I said. Exactly. What if they get neither? Um, and yeah. how does that look? Well, um, cause it, it's probably, it's probably more of a grid than it is a spectrum or sorry, yeah. like a, like a line, you know what I mean? So it's like, are you building friendship? Are you building sexual relationships? Cause I think there's also men who, um, cause you did both. I did one than the other, but there's also like when you think about uh, maybe like basketball players and shit like that, like you've you've talked about where it's like they're they maybe didn't have super close platonic relationships, but they got plunged into sexuality real heavy. Like, cause I'm I'm watching um I'm watching Mike right now, and this shit is phenomenal. I don't know if I don't know what the culture is saying about it, but I, this this show is great. The people um, who I know who watched it are comparing it um like to um. And this is this is very sports tutor, but they're comparing it to Winning Time, which I thought was fucking phenomenal. By the no way, no idea. Like, what if that you is. haven't watched, but Winning, it is, yeah, bro, you should watch that shit too, man. Oh, really? <laughs> you, should, you should watch that shit too. It's chronicling like the the first season uh, of the Showtime Lakers with Magic, bro. The shit gets wild, bro. Like, okay, you watch Winning that Time, shit. the rise of the Lakers dynasty. Yeah, so people are people are comparing Mike to. Like the people I know who've watched it are saying yeah. it's in that same realm, but they're saying Mike is better. It's it's really fucking solid, man. Like the yeah. way they've the way they've I mean, there's I've got mixed feelings about it because for for obvious reasons, but they the way they balance this like this story, this fable about like violence and the prison industrial complex and abuse and hurt people, hurting people and just pain and lack of love and all this kind of stuff with this really irreverent, like constantly winking at the camera style of, of memoir, because it's, you know, Mike is Mike is the narrator of the thing. So he's telling you about these moments and he's breaking the fourth wall and he's giving you these thoughts that are so jokey and irreverent. But what we're experiencing, what we're looking at is like we're looking at rape. We're looking at domestic abuse. We're looking at p police murders. We're looking at, you know, prison time. We're looking at some of the most horrific things that happen to a person and the way that impacts them and then the way that impacts their behavior. And it's like this shit is solid, like that they're maybe able to even maintain this tone. But something that really conflicted with me is the way that they dealt with um, 
the rape of uh, Desiree Washington. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, how are they finna do this? Because they touched it on the first episode. And what? Well, I don't know. I can't say spoilers because it's, it's, we, we already know it's, what, it's, what it's, happened. It's a biopic. Like, we know it's, it's a like, biopic, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm just thinking, I'm like, how are they going to do this? Because they're gonna they're gonna have to. I, I, in my head, I thought there's 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 about three ways they could do it. They could skip over it and just like literally just not not put it in there. You know, um, they could leave it in in, in a. They they could use creative editing to 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 muddy the reality of what happened and say the biopic is not going to make an objective claim about whether this event happened or didn't happen, who's right or who's wrong. It's going to just present some evidence and you as the viewer get to choose one direction and the story will continue. And I was like, that's one way of doing it. You could, you could do that and say, well, we're just not going to make a claim. So we're not saying he did it and it's okay. We're not saying he didn't do it. We're just saying, here's, here's the evidence that was available to the public. So it, you know, just like in the real world, we kind of don't 100% know, Um, but you can make a conclusion based on your best assessment of the information or you just fully fucking address it. And then you go into contrition, the complications of that, da 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 da. They go with the third option, which I was like, "Fuck, that's really brave." But then I was like, "The tone of the show. How are you going to maintain that after that? How yeah. are you going to have the main character, this like lovable goofball, fuck up, winking at the camera, his like his his swagger and bravado, and his little gold tooth, buck tooth smile, smiling at the camera, saying, you know, yeah, but I'm a fuck up.' It's like you've got those moments. How do you do that after we watch him rape a woman?" And then be charged as guilty and serve prison time for that without showing contrition or remorse or addressing or admitting that he did that or apologizing or anything like that. And so I think that's that. And they, they basically did. They basically just did, showed the rape, have him. They even put like a weirdly like cheeky. I mean, it worked. It was impactful. But there's a moment where like after he rapes this woman, he looks at the camera and he says, what, you don't love me no more? And it was. It worked. Like it, it, it felt dang. It felt, it felt like scary and dangerous and irreverent. But it worked because it was like, it was almost like, you know what it was saying? You know what it felt like it was saying? Because I feel like so much of Mike's brand has been, especially in the last ten years, has been hurt people, hurt people. And I feel like he's almost leaned on that, or the culture has allowed him to lean on that too heavily, to where it's like, mm-hmm. if you, yeah. if you've got pain, if you've got sorrow, if you've got you know danger, but you do just the littlest tiny bit of work a little bit of mushrooms a little bit of spirituality a little bit of religion a little bit of meditation if you just punch people half as much as you did then all of a sudden like you're you're an incredible man who's like pulled it through the mud and you get like you get this outpouring of like oh he's just deeply misunderstood yeah which i don't i don't necessarily disagree with but i just feel like we shouldn't give so much credit because i i more than a lot of people i really really believe in redemption and rehabilitation but it's like we give, I feel like we give way too much credit to the culture, and most of it is just, yeah, because he punches really hard, and we admire that, and we admire his masculine strength and shit, so we just go, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, you raped somebody, yeah, you did, but let's not talk about that, because look, he's obviously a good father, he's obviously a contemplative man, he's mm-hmm. obviously meditative, he's obviously, you know, he's not like that anymore, it's like, nigga, that's what every other normal motherfucker manages to do, but we make him seem like he's some messiah, because he managed not to beat the shit out of somebody during an interview. Um, and I also think, yeah. And I know, and I know this isn't this isn't your your take on point, but I do want to talk about like the fact that it almost seems like we're doing it more than he's doing it. Yes. So the so the thing that happened yes. on Twitter was they were they were parodying this like conversation between like a guest on his podcast and himself, and like the first thing that the guest would say in this parody was, "Oh, Mike, man, you're such a phenomenal human being. I'm you know mm. I'm so glad that you're like coming mm. around. Like you like mm. I looked up to you so much as a kid. Mm. You know, it's just so phenomenal." And then Mike Tyson come back with, you know, there's a darkness inside of me that I 100% want to kill. Like, that's mm-hmm. just, just just trying to get out. The man that you're saying that you loved was a, was a personification of that darkness. And I hate mm-hmm. that person. Now, mm-hmm. let's get on with the podcast. Like, you know, what I mean, it's, it's, it seems like. Yes. It seems like we're pushing this on him. And he's yes. just like, I'm still dealing with the darkness aspect of what I was slash am. And trying to figure out what that looks like, but I don't think he's doing zero of doing. it. I think he, I think he leans a little bit into it, but I, I agree. I think we're doing. Mo- I think we're doing it. We're more doing than more he of the push. We're doing it more than he yeah. is. But I still, I still see Mike saying shit that seems like, yeah, I used to be this kind of guy, and it's like, 
Yeah. From what I can tell, you mostly still are that kind of a person. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you've got more, you've got more tools to describe and break down the things that you're feeling and the things that you've experienced. But there's still so much anger and violence mm. at the tip of even in podcasts, man. Like we joke about it like it's some funny shit. But every podcast I've seen him on, it is so obvious that everyone he's speaking to is terrified of him. And that he shit, wields he that in the conversations. Ray? That Sugar Ray Leonard interview that he did oh, on that podcast yeah. is the most chilling shit I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Like, I watched that shit, and I was like, you could tell that Sugar Ray was fucking like, is this motherfucker finna, like, hop Fight over me? the, hop over yeah. the roof? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, that shit was chilling, bro. Um, He basically had one of those conversations where he was, like, explaining, like, the darkness within him and, mm. like, how he, like, how that was, how that's wrong and, like, how he understands yes. that's horrible. But he was like, at the same time, I feel like such a fucking pansy because I don't have that right now. And he was like, mm. I want that so bad. I want like, that. Like, I want to yeah. be able. I want to be able to be a fucking. I want to be dangerous. I want to yeah. be able to be able to like just because it feels like safety too, too, you know. So yeah, more, like he, yeah, bro. That's but it's scary. Like, it's scary. Yeah, it's, throw that there shit was up. A, I've seen so many because uh, like I think about like three interviews. So I haven't seen the the one with Sugar Ray, but I've, I'm thinking about T.K. Kirkland, Joe Rogan, and uh, Lil Boosie. Mm-hmm. T.K. Kirkland is one of the him, most yeah. irreverent, irreverent, disrespectful comics. He's he's up there with like Lil Duval, Cat Williams, and Charlemagne the God. This nigga says anything to anyone and is very disrespectful in the way that he does it. And oftentimes it's quite hilarious. The way Mike was like, because Mike says I'm a terrible person. And T.K. Kirkland says, no, nah, Mike, don't say that. And Mike says, Man, shut the fuck up. How you going to tell me what I am? And I'm like, bro, this nigga was trying to like compliment you. And then he just went fully like sunness man in the middle of a conversation and tk kirkland was like okay you got it you know kind of thing mm-hmm. there's no situation that tk kirkland is doing that with anybody else except mike because not only does he know that mike would beat the shit out of him no sorry mike could beat the shit out of him but there's always that feeling that mike might beat the shit out of you mm-hmm. and that's you not better if people still feel that way around you same thing with Lil boosie Lil, Lil boosie got bitched on a podcast where mike tyson essentially says to him hey do you think the reason you have an issue with Lil nas next is because you like to suck dick it's like who can you think of that saying that to Lil Boosie straight to his face and walking out of that interview unscathed in some way? Like, except a terrifying motherfucker like that. And then mm. on Joe Rogan, he was like, and, and all of this isn't to say this person is evil, but to yeah. say, like, that darkness ain't gone. That's, it's it's yeah. part of the brand, and we continue to. So that's what I, when I, when there was that scene where he looks to the camera and is like still maintaining that irreverence, but like with a snakish look in his eyes, like, oh, you don't love me anymore? It's like, it almost seemed like it was a commentary on that of like, oh, but I thought you signed up for all my darkness. I thought that that was the point of this whole show was that I'm dark and I'm fucked up and I do all this fucked up shit, but I'm, I'm a hurt little boy. I'm that same hurt little boy that you saw get you know, bullied in, in primary school at, in the first episode. Don't you love me anymore? And, that, and, and I was like, it, it, was, it, was, it was striking. It worked. Um, some people might not have liked it. And, you know, I'm, I'm open to that as well, but it, but it was like, fuck. But then the next episode, he goes to jail. He gets out of jail. My Angelo visits him, and it's like he's just back to smiling at the camera again. And I was like, that don't seem like redemption to me if they're not going to actually, you know, because the, the episode with Desiree, it was her episode. Like, she narrates it. But it just felt a little bit weird to just move the fuck on with the, and, and still act like this character is this nice, lovable guy so without, is it- you know. Is it one of those things where, because I haven't seen the structure of the show, but but my, yeah. my closest correlate, even based on what you said, still the closest correlate I have is winning time, which based on what you said and how that's being handled, you 100% enjoy it. Okay. Take, take, I'll check take it out. Look at it. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it start, it start, and again, this is the Magic Johnson era of the Lakers, so it literally starts with the big thing about Magic. Like, that's what oh, it opens. Yes. Okay, got you. And they talk about that because this is the dawn of it, you know, like it's him first getting drafted, how that season went, all that, all the stuff. But they don't, but they introduce it and they don't talk about it at all in season one with the mm. ideas that as the show progresses, as they continue to tell the story, that it'll come back. So I'm just wondering if they, if there's room for it and Mike from a narrative perspective, like this came up, you it'll know, be this revisited. episode and it'll be revisited. Yeah, maybe, but it just, it, it felt unearned to hop right back into that irreverent yeah. style. You know what I mean? To have him smiling yeah. and spending money and throwing cash. I mean, it was. They, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe overselling how much they they jumped right into the silliness. Um, yeah. But it, it it seemed slightly like not. It wasn't so jarring that I was like, I'm turning the shit off. But it was like, oh, okay. This is this seems is an interesting way of going about it. Um, and I don't know because I also don't know in the real world whether or not Mike has. Because I don't think he's ever said like, yeah, no, I did it. That is that is what happened in that situation. And. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't care or I didn't understand or I wasn't thinking about it or I was I had convinced myself or thought that that's what that's, that's just what women do da, 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 like you know that 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 no is part of it I, I, anything to address that I don't think I've seen him publicly do that anywhere. I mean, his most famous interview was somebody pointing out that he's a rapist and him just calling him a piece of shit and like basically threatening to beat the shit out of them and then storming off the off the uh, the interview. Mm -hmm. It's probably his most well known address public address of that. So, do do you know if if he's I don't know either. No. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, why why did I start talking about Mike? Do you remember? Because we were talking no. about lonely men. Final. Oh, oh, athletes who were yeah. So yeah, if you've got if you you never because as far as I could tell, I don't think I don't know if Mike ever had any friends. They don't they don't really seem to address him having any friends during during the entire uh, show so far. You know what I mean? There's like these little gangs of What's, people that he I'm, runs around with, but not anybody who's like a and I'm close homeboy. And I'm thinking back to his history. Just thinking back to my like my like you know, like superstar athlete syndrome kind of theory. Mm. I, what Was he one of those? Because I'm thinking like oh, yes. Floyd Mayweather. Like Floyd Mayweather has been like in a fucking boxing ring like forever. You know what I mean? 14, like, yeah. 14. Yeah, like he came, he came through ranks, you know, fought Golden Gloves, all that shit, fought Olympics. Mm. So I'm just, you know, I don't know that much about Mike, Mike Tyson's like upbringing um, prior yeah, so, to him being a pro. So Mike was, it, it, it's pretty similar. So, or at least, I mean, again, I don't know the extent to which the, the bio, biopic is taking liberties. So I don't know if it reflects exactly what his actual life was. But in the biopic, mm -hmm. at least, he's in and out of jail up until about 14. He gets boxing lessons while in a correctional facility. And then from there, starts comp competing professionally. And he's heavyweight champion by 20. So, so six mm -hmm. years after that. And he also mentions that he really didn't have any success with women or know kind of how to relate to them or anything. Like, he was a brute, sure, but he didn't have any success with women until after he was famous, essentially. So he skipped mm -hmm. the whole, he skipped that whole developmental stage of what I can say. It was just like violence, yeah. professional violence, money, then fucking a shit ton of women all of a sudden um, yeah. with no, there was no... Yeah, like his his just his attractiveness to women just skyrocketed to a, like an insane level without him having a period of like interacting with women at the normal level or any of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, because it was man, he was it was shit where he was like, I don't know how accurate this was, but the way the show does it, he falls in love with Robin Givens, and he start he's he's trying to court her, so he's buying her roses, he's buying her a marriage. Uh, 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 what do you call it? The ring thing. He's buying her like a, a necklace of pearls and stuff. And as he's doing that, he's like, he literally ends up like fucking the cashiers at like these places that he goes to. So he like gets, he's like, ah, I want to get this for my girl. And then he fucks that lady and goes and, get, and she's like, this woman is like, oh yeah, these diamonds are pretty good. You zoom out and like he's fucking her kind of thing. And then when she finally says like, yeah, I'll be your girlfriend. He's like, he hangs up the phone and he goes, he says to himself in his empty hotel room, like, man, I have a girlfriend. And then you zoom out, and there's actually a woman in his lap sucking his dick, and she comes up, and she's like, oh, "Okay, asshole." Anyway, you know that that kind of situation. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of that, but I think this kind of relates to this idea of like men relating to their sexuality in this like totally different way. Um, because did you watch that Instagram post that I sent you? Mm -hmm. Artsy, or actually maybe earthy, earthy girl. She says, you know, if you know, if you don't have a high sex drive. And your man do, and you say you love your man, but he better not cheat on you. That don't sound like love. If you know you got a low sex drive and your man got a high sex drive, but you love your man and you want to please your man, you just don't want to share. Then you need to turn that shit up and get that pussy up even when you don't want to. Or tag a bitch in to let her get him right. And everybody wins. You don't got to have sex when you don't want to. And your man ain't got to go without Thing. But the implication is that because men's sexuality seems to, is different, the, the argument is that it's different than women's in what their needs are and shit like that. Now I have my take, but I'm curious what you think first. I mean, so we we've discussed on here my my thoughts on this whole like aspect that like men and we're and we're comparing you know medians and averages here, mm. but the the idea that men just like want sex so much more than women, I, I continue to push back on. Like I think a lot of that is society is societal constraints on how that looks mm. and when you ask women you know like these situations where like if if there was no social blowback or perceived social blowback would you do xyz in regards to mm. sexuality then it, it it very much approximates what men do mm. um 
So that that's one. But just in regards to the situation, I think I'm like, very open to that being true. Though I, I yeah. still disagree with you on the if if you disagree with yeah. me that on the the discriminatingness of of men. But I think in terms of amount, um, I think I'm maybe I'm open. Yeah, yeah, open yeah, to that, yeah. That, yeah. But in in regards to like that like that particular like laid out scenario, my thing is why is there no like that, if that's a conversation that both of you have had like my sex drive is higher than yours your sex drive is lower than mine why is only one person required to compromise two that's people exactly two people what the fuck i was about to say yeah, yeah two people if you have if you're assuming that they had this conversation openly because mm. like i do yeah. understand like there may be a point where like you guys have built the life and you never had that conversation i think that oh, that yeah. also I is think, some yeah. I, think I think that's, that's also a, some red flags i've seen that brought up before because i think it's i mean because the thing is like polyamory or any any of that stuff it's Mm -hmm. such a touchy conversation that you kind of can't like some some conversations you can't have because they've got this subtext of i don't love you i don't want you i don't want to be with you and people can't no matter how much you say that that's not true people can't hear it because the culture is not set up for you to say to your part like especially especially niggas but like yeah. You can't a wife can't come to her husband and say, "Hey, I love you. I love you so much. I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. I'd really love to suck my coworker's dick." No man can hear that without hearing, yeah. "I don't love you anymore. I don't want you." So I think exactly. it's it's hard to ha- to really bring that it's, kind of It's really to the hard table. to have that conversation. Even though I think that a significant percentage of people would be happier if they would have that conversation. Maybe. But I, I think that's but possible, I digress. Yeah. Yes. But like again, if you assuming that you know the individuals involved were able to have that conversation why is only one having to compromise is, is my that's question. what the fuck i'm thinking because in the in the goddamn uh post she says if you claim to love your man why wouldn't you da 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 and i'm like okay so we can but we can play this game fully yeah. in reverse if you claim exactly. to love your wife and she has a lower libido than you do and you claim to love her then one where she's putting you know giving pussy out in the first example can't you go with less sex if you claim to love this person can't you find other means of like getting that need met like just jerking off and shit and Mm -hmm. call that the compromise as opposed to assuming you love this woman fucking her unparticipant body in order to get your sexual needs met and or making her feel unloved unvalued by cheating on her like those are your those are your options so you have a there's a thing that she needs which is literally to not fuck and you said okay the best way for us to solve that situation of your need, which you, your need to not fuck and my need to fuck are both equally valid needs. I'm going to mm. fuck your body, regardless of whether or not you want it, and I expect that from you, or I'm going to go fuck other people and make you feel like shit, and that's how we solve that problem. So we can play that game both ways. Now, that said, I think they're relatively equal. So I think it's a conversation we're having and using all of the. But the idea that it's like the woman needs to either donate her body to his sexuality or just let herself get cheated on no, but I think it's a but before you know before everybody goes yes, any man like I do, however, think that it's a conversation with all four of those different iterations that is reasonable that might involve some some amount of each of those things of going with less yeah. sex, figuring out how to increase your libido, opening up the relationship, just letting it lie, et cetera, et cetera. And I do also think that people need to be open to admitting exactly how important sex is to their relationship before they admit to be like committed for. I'm not going to okay. say for life because I because you know I've also very much five years like, at a time. my yeah like my five years at a time uh, marriage license theory but like it's for, a great for idea. A I, I honestly I really I don't know if I've said I really love the concept I don't know if I would go yeah. for five I might say eight or something like that but I really yeah. like the idea because I can think in five years I can you I, can do it in five years periods, like your license you know like like you can get like the five to ten years you know you just pay you just pay more you know what I mean yeah. like so you just have different sliding scales based on cost that kind it's of no shit. it's the, it's, um, it's, it's, it's it's exactly like that yeah so I'm thinking like you go because you can go hey look I want to be your life partner and included within that what I see because I can't predict goddamn 60 years in the future nigga who the fuck can mm-hmm. do that but I can say like I'd love to buy a house with you I'd love to go move to another country with you I'd love for you to introduce and meet my family I'd love for us to start a business together that's about eight years before we done we can get through all of that, about, be about eight years, and then be about tired of each other. Okay, cool. Let's get a marriage license for eight years. I'd like you to be my life partner for the na- next eight years. I like yeah. that idea a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But in, in the midst of all that, my, my, my thinking is that people need to be very open and honest about how much sex matters to them. Right? If you're, if you're planning to be committed to somebody long term and sex is that big of a thing for you, maybe y'all just aren't compatible. Like, where, yes. like where is and that I think on, that's where the, is that that's on the your fifth priority option, So, yeah. like, yeah, like, like, just like if if it's that 
big of a thing to you and you guys are 100 incompatible with this and you've went through you know the four options you know as eddie discussed like prior to getting to this fifth one maybe y'all just don't need to be <laughs> together long term maybe y'all I need totally to maybe so. y'all need to cut it apart I totally so make so. make that prioritization list is 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 sex big enough for you to um i was going to say throw away uh decouple is, is a better yeah. word i don't want to have the decouple. connotations i don't want to make i don't want to make the value we decoupled yeah <laughs> yeah is, is is sex a big enough thing for you to decouple with somebody that you otherwise would love that's a personal mm. that's a personal conversation to have and i i also think with that libido mismatch conversation there's this big assumption that like <laughs> that well one we just kind of disregard women's desire that like so the assumption is niggas want sex all the time and women mm-hmm. it's almost like women like calculate to what extent they want to give out pussy like it's like it's like they've got like pussy coins and they're like here you can have a, you know it's a, that it's a decision as opposed to something that comes from desire the way men do mm-hmm. so it's like oh she didn't give me no pussy she's not fucking me and it's like you're you're skipping to like the physical like did we fuck but you're not saying like she doesn't want to she doesn't have desire like because i feel if you started yeah. there you would go why does she see desire it, you know, is there something that I'm doing? Is there something that's going on in the relationship yeah. as opposed to being like, she's deciding not to give me no pussy. It's like, are you deciding to give her dick? Like, no, you have desire. That's what, yeah. that's why you even want to fuck is because you have an internal state. Whereas it seems like the, she's doing it out of spite. And it's like, no, maybe you disgust her now. Maybe you're not attractive anymore. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe she's, you know, her relationship to her own sexuality, all of that kind of shit. But it's like, can y'all have a conversation? Because I've seen so many TikToks where women be like, "Man, I thought I was asexual. I thought I was celibate. I thought I just didn't didn't like sex." Da da da. And it just turned out after the, that relationship ended that I just like I wasn't attracted to this nigga. I didn't feel cared for. I didn't feel safe. Blah blah blah. And it's like, you don't you want to start with that conversation? Because look, look mm-hmm. I think I also think that we sometimes underestimate men's like emotional impacting in situations like that so yeah. let me so let me not throw niggas under the bus and just assume that every nigga who's complaining about sexlessness is like is of the thing which i'm trying not to describe do, that's when i when i was when we, when we were coming into this point and you're asking me like what yeah. women think and i said i didn't want to make the value judgment that was my thing it was like i didn't want to say like hey man women are just so much better at this shit than, you know what i mean like so i'm trying right, not to right, do right. that myself too yeah so yeah because i don't think i mean i because i also think that that's i, th- I think yeah, when women don't get the sex that they want, I wonder if they, uh, I, I don't know, I, I, I won't venture against that right now, but I think there's these situations where a man will basically be like, he will feel rejected. He will feel the mm. full range of that motion of feeling like, because I know, because that's, that's <laughs> to just bear a little bit, like, that's me. Like, I'm for the most part, I'm, I don't have a very high libido. But if I feel like my partner wants me, like, like even like a little rejection, if I'm like, hey, do you want it? And they're like, no, I'm like, okay, cool. But in my head, I'm like, damn, this, this whole really don't like me no more. Like, she don't love me. Like, that kind of thing. Like, my head goes to that kind of place because I'm like, oh, she doesn't have desire for me. And if I don't feel mm-hmm. constantly and uh, highly desired by my partner, I'm like, well, then what the fuck are we doing? Like, if you, if you can stand in front of me, and this is, you know, I don't know if it's dysfunctional, but it's like, if you can stand in front of me and you don't and you not like I don't want to fuck this nigga if that's not in your head I that that feels like a rejection to me try not to make that the other person's problem but that's how it feels and I think a lot of men mm-hmm. are in that it's not just pure like damn she's not giving me no pussy coins I think a lot of men are also like I feel rejected unloved unwanted by my partner and that in and of itself is an issue so I think there's that mm-hmm. part yeah yeah that's a good point yeah so I think I think there's yeah. stuff to unpack with that but I do think that it's that it's extremely valid do you think that what, what do you think is is to unpack there I don't I don't necessarily think it's always a to one like correlation between like somebody you know what i mean like not being into you versus like you know like the the low libido doesn't necessarily mean like i'm not into you um well see yeah i, th- I think there's it depends whether or not there's a feeling of decrease because i think that's a yeah. commonly talked about because like you know chris rock has these these every comedian has these bits of like well once you get married they don't want to fuck you anymore and it's like well is this is this related to a natural change in the way relationships work? Is this a difference between men and women? Is this mm-hmm. a men get complacent and become less attractive because they stop performing th- their masculinity in the same way? Is this, you know, is there a change? Or what? what or was the other yeah. person compensating their sexuality and pretending to be more, you know, they're wanting to fuck more than they actually really did um, for a whole host of reasons. And then once they feel secure in the relationship, they go, well, this is how much I actually want to fuck or, so, or any, yeah. any combination of any of that shit. Um, yeah. So I think it's less about like, if I meet someone and they're like, Oh yeah, I like to fuck like once a month. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, you know, fine. As opposed to like, 
this person was fucking me a bunch and now they're fucking me less. It's like, oh, they've gotten, mm-hmm. they've gotten bored of me. They don't like me anymore. They don't find me that attractive anymore. They find somebody else attractive. I've become less attractive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's, that's how you make, I think that's what that one-to-one is in my yeah. head. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And that I think that's how, and I think that's sense. how most women would feel as well in, in yeah. maybe, maybe even more so. Cause I think I do, I do think, I don't know. But I do think men are more likely to view sex as a purely mechanical, like, why aren't you giving me sex? As opposed to women, which is, which maybe think, why don't you want me? That's just a guess. I don't fucking know. But that's how I feel maybe it is, is the case. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let me, folks, let me know if you, if you think, you know. Um, let's see what we got. Have we ever been this aligned on a topic before? Like, this is kind of odd. Like, I think we're like so lockstep in this one that it's kind of like, Hmm. I think we just henpecked. We're just domesticated. You know what I'm saying? We just been doing the pod for too long. We just said, "Fuck, I don't want to fight with this nigga no more." I'm just, yeah, you, you got it. I think that's what it is. I don't know. You know, we starting to look like each other a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I can see. Yeah, your, no, your hair's getting not. a little bit looser. No, you are. No, your hair's your your curl is. You you might you might might be up at four a at this point. I would say honestly, your vision is looking better. You know what I mean? I don't even think you probably need the glasses anymore. And my, no, I need you know, my facial hair is like growing in. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, trigger warnings are they useful? What do we think on this? Let's see if we agree or disagree. I don't have a, I don't have a super strong feeling because I don't know what the data say, but I saw but I read an interesting article about them. Um, and I feel like the woke mob, the I mean not the woke mob. What's the opposite of that? The the the, the lynch mob. I don't... No, no, no. Like the red pill niggas. Not not the red pill niggas, but the I guess the alt right niggas. You might say the alt light niggas. Yeah. Um, seem to be anti trigger warnings. I seem. Jordan Peterson saying, you know, like, you know, and they actually, the literature actually says that they don't, you know, quite, da, da, da. but yeah, what do you, what do you think? So I will say there's not, there's not a subject that I personally need a trigger warning for. Mm. Um, but they don't bother me that they exist. Like, I'm not looking at a trigger warning. I'm like, Oh, another fucking trigger warning on these things. So like, mm. I don't, I don't know if they work or not because none of the typical trigger warnings that like, that like I'm thinking of like right now I'm going through like a mental rolodex of like like what they typically are none of those typically bother me so mm-hmm. I don't know whether or not they're beneficial for or you not personally because I'm not the ta- yeah because I'm not the target audience but I yeah. will say that again like as as a person who's not the target audience I personally am not bothered by their by existence. their existence like yeah. I think like See, I'm like okay cool like I think okay. when the alt when the alt light guys kind of take issue with their existence I think a big part of it is not this bothers me, but that this is making our society worse. That I, it's not that the impact that the trigger warning has on me; it's the impact the trigger warning has on other people yeah. in the form of making them more like pussy or whatever. I think that's I think that's I, their I, primary I, argument. I, I agree that that's their primary argument, and I'm 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 factoring that into me not having an issue. Right. So, like you, I, so don't, you, like you, I don't think that's an issue. You don't think that that's the case, or the, or you just don't think don't that, think that, that is the case, case, even if it is true. I so one, I don't think it's the case. Mm. If it was the case, I also would not care. Wouldn't but I don't care. think it's yeah. the case. Yeah, but I but I don't think it's the case. I don't think I don't think on any level that that makes society weaker. Yeah, I, I okay. So I actually do think that that's a possibility um, that mm-hmm. it could make it weaker if it were true. But so I read through the article a little bit to get some some bits of of data from what they were like. Because if you look up trigger warnings, are they useful? You'll get a, a host of articles that basically say, well, the, counterintuitively, it doesn't seem like they actually are that useful. Um, mm-hmm. And what they imply is that when you give trigger warnings, people actually enter into a higher state of anxiety watching the film and that they're the film or the video or the clip or whatever, the podcast. Um, and they're not it doesn't it doesn't increase their overall emotional experience of the piece of content. Um, and I thought that. I think that's and, and I'm sorry. I think you're gonna to say. You I think you no. I think you're gonna say what I was gonna say to this piece of information. But go ahead. I thought that I thought that it was more like cut it off. Exactly. That, and, and I didn't think exactly I didn't think why, that it was yeah. like I didn't think that it was like prepared to watch something that made exactly. trigger. I thought it was like this exactly. made trigger. Maybe you wanna maybe you wanna skip because I know like I, I watch a lot of YouTubers that give like a timestamp for like that yes. segment. Yes. Of, of of the video, like trigger warning this. If you don't want to see this, skip to this timestamp. So just mm. don't watch the segment. I didn't think it was like be prepared to prepare to be amazed on this trigger warning. Yes, or like right. that type get, shit, so. Yeah, get ready. You better hey, you better yeah. buck up because it's gonna be some fucking rapes in this shit. It's not that kind yeah. of a situation. Um, but I think that so so a lot of the literature on this is saying like trigger warnings don't do a good job of 
increasing people's ability to watch triggering content. And I'm like, that's not their function. That's not what it's there no. for. It's for you to walk out of the theater. It's for you to turn the fucking YouTube video off. It's for you to choose another piece of content to watch. That's what it's for. And I would, and, and I don't think that like may, maybe it could be really counterintuitive, but I don't think you need a study to fucking say whether or not that's effective. If you say, Hey, we got raisins yeah. in this shit and you're allergic to raisins. Do you think that's effectively allows raisin allergy niggas to not eat this thing? <laughs> that's probably, you probably that's don't need, <laughs> you probably don't need like an, a, a, um, a study to figure that out. I would think, yeah, of course. If you tell me there's rape, sexual assault, uh, racism, transphobia, blah, blah, blah in this content. You know what? I'm having a nice day. I'm going on a picnic today. I don't need that kind of thing because I do. I'm not like super heavily like upset by certain things, but I definitely shoot like I there are things that I am like, I'm not in the mood to watch that kind of thing right now. And it's usually not like the stuff that typically gets trigger warning, but it'll be like the type of mm -hmm. it'll be movie types. So if there's like some yeah. deeply emotional movie that's about like intergenerational trauma and families, you know, like Manchester by the Sea, Fences, John yeah. Q type shit. I'm like, that's I like that movie. Let me read the back of what this DVD case says. Nah, I'm I'm putting that on the on the letterbox. I'm not watching that today. Yeah, and like, I, think, I think like you know, it, like, yeah. I don't I don't think I I don't think I've ever watched like Wind River like since the first time I watched it, and I don't know mm. if I ever will. And I think and I yes. think it was a very well done movie overall. But like that scene, I just don't know if I could do that again. But I knew, but I but I also like knew that scene was coming. And I could have, I could have just like elected to not watch the movie, and I still yes. watched the movie. And you still did, so, yeah, no, fair. Yeah. So like, I, I would have to assume it's a little bit effective in that way, and and I know I use it. Like that's what summaries are for. So I feel like mm -hmm. th this idea that it like makes people weaker, or it's like some social justice warriors taking over everything. Shit, it's like that's what summaries are for. Summaries are for you to go. I don't like superhero movies. I don't want to watch this. I don't like romance. I don't want to watch this. I don't like comedies. I don't want to mm -hmm. watch this. I don't like horrors. Like that's what horror. That's literally what fucking like movie ratings are. They're trigger warnings. Yep. They're going. Don't watch this because it's gonna have some crazy ass shit in it. If you don't want to see this type of shit, or if you don't want to see this type of shit today, right? Like maybe you have your trigger warning day. I'm feeling strong today, so I'm just gonna watch a whole bunch of fucked up shit that I don't have the yep. energy to the rest of the week. But those kinds of things are more likely to be shit that people don't want to watch. Like, you might be like, I don't want to watch a superhero movie, but it's not going to fuck my day up. Whereas, like, there's certain shit that I can watch where that's that fucked my day up. I got to go lay down now. I don't. I got shit to do. I don't want to watch that right now. And for I think me, that makes it don't sense, even, yeah. and, like, and I think you brought up a valid point. Like, for me, it don't even necessarily have to be, like, usual, oh, yeah. quote-unquote, trigger warning yeah. fair. Like, fucking, I tell this story all the time, but fucking Revolutionary Road, I didn't fucking sleep yep. for 36 hours, bro. Yep. Like, I watched that shit at fucking, like, 11 p.m. and was just yes. like on my fucking couch just fucking staring at the fucking wall just like yeah <laughs> exactly yeah yeah i'm getting and i'm getting I, old I, as fuck now i may watch it again see see how see how see how, how it, it affects me now yeah but yeah, like yeah like so like time. I make we make determinations the about shit we make determinations about shit that's not even like trigger warning fair mm. like that's just like i don't feel like it and how is that like it? i don't want to experience that right now um yeah so so now so so I think that's stupid. The fact that they, that that Jordan Peterson people like that are citing examples of showing that trigger warnings don't make us more capable of emotionally withstanding and getting through an unpleasant thing when that's literally zero percent of what the function of them even fucking is. Um, seems like a complete in, and intentional misunderstanding of their effectiveness. Two, the second thing is. And this, and they did, they did eventually circle around in the article to actually talking about what the fuck a trigger, war trigger warning is even for by saying, well, if you have to avoid it, then you're not over it. And, and the only way that you can do that is being able to functionally experience that thing. And now that we've kind of talked through it, I think that's also fucking stupid because it's one thing to say like, yeah, I'm, yes, I uh, experienced racism in my life. And I'm over it enough that I can watch a fucking movie that has it. In it. But I also, as a free citizen who, you know, chooses what content I pay for and consume, I can go, maybe I don't feel like that shit right now. It might be a little bit upsetting. Not so upsetting that I fucking crumble because, oh shit, a YouTube video had a mention of racism in it. But like, maybe I don't want to do that shit today. And so you put the fucking warning in there. So to the point of it making people pussy, because obviously they haven't worked through their traumas enough. They need a trigger warning. Da, 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 da. It's like, bro, you put ingredients yeah, on the fucking food. You, t you put a summary on the back of what movies are. You give people information yeah. about what any experience is in a free market economy so that people can choose what the fuck they want to do in that economy before they've already purchased and experienced the fucking thing. We don't retroactively decide if we want to pay for shit. We pay for it first, and then we get the fucking thing. Oh, yeah, man. You're Like, any, like anything else that I would say on this topic would just be extra because I think you've hit the nail, like, so good on the head. Again, like, we're... 
oddly fucking up. aligned. On, we're we're up. oddly fucking aligned on this one. Damn. So damn. We need a wrench thrown in this shit. You know what I'm saying? But that's good. You know what I'm saying? Know, Great minds. Fucking, you know what I'm saying? Fucking, how do you Quantum. feel about two hundred dollar dates, man? Let's just let's just argue. Let's just like give them. Some yeah, sense. let's just <laughs> take a five minutes of argument. You know? Are modern women the problem? Like, yeah, let's just do, <laughs> do some of that shit. Do some alt right hack shit. It's <laughs> a good idea. That's a very good idea. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's the pot, honestly. Um, so look, guys, if uh, if you if you don't see trigger warnings on the videos that you're watching, you might be seeing a red flag. Um, but if you're conflating like your lack of getting sex with actually being lonely and not being connected to your community, you might be the one that's waving a red flag. This has been waving a red flag podcast. We'll see y'all next week. It's Eddie. It's Alvin. Uh, join us on Patreon. You know what I'm saying? It gets, it gets, it gets lit as it were. We uh, have some, you know, nice conversations on live and shit like that. Uh, like subscribe, let us know what you think in the, in, in the comments section and, uh, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Oh yeah, come through, come through. Like like I said, we got some we got some guests coming up though. So come through, come listen, come watch. It's a red flag.